Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, report were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hmm? ah <sighs> What's the thing? He's Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Karen. And this I, is the Walking. Oh. I'm sorry. Am I? What am I doing, <laughs> Cindy? You're so disruptive. Should I just be? I was going to give you a nice introduction, okay. but I'll do it right now. First, this is the Walking Dead cast episode 329. We have a special guest with us today for a really cool segment, and it's Cindy. Hi, Cindy. Hi. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Hi. No, it's okay. Before we get into that, uh, it's I, it's awesome, and I can't wait. But first, I want to remind you this episode's made possible by Patreon supporters like David Whitworth, who've pledged their support at patreon.com slash Jason Karen. So thank you, David. He's been here since the very beginning, and it's about time he got thanked. Thanks, David. I also want to, while talking about Patreon, you guys might remember last year we had a thing called Free November, which is when... Anyone? You went pantless? <laughs> what did you say? You went pantless? Yeah, everybody goes pantsless, and you're not allowed to listen unless you're not wearing pants. And also, uh, we have this Facebook group that's been a huge success for Patreon. In fact, a lot of us are meeting up in Atlanta, coming up in a couple of weeks here at Walker Stalker Atlanta. And it's just been a great group. People have met, had barbecues, uh, maybe a relationship or two in there. But it's really fun. Every Sunday they get together and, you know, do a post to talk about the episode and all kinds of other stuff. So if you want to try that out, uh, we're opening it up to everyone in November. Anyone can join for that month for free. And I will put up a post on our Facebook dot com slash deadcast and if you're interested you can let me know in there and i'll hook you guys up and you can wear pants uh yeah i guess please wear pants (laughs) if you want (laughs) so now let's get to the good stuff so cindy was texting me the other day because she (laughs) 
Well, how much of it should I tell? Well, she was watching a marathon of The Walking Jason's Dead. Jason's my go-to person for texting, whether I'm watching the show, <laughs> a marathon, or listening to his podcast. He always knows when I'm listening to his podcast because I'll just start texting She'll, like, him. She'll start arguing with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you're not right about nice. this. Nice. And so she started texting me these mind-blowing things about the timeline that you can only figure out when you're watching all the episodes back to back. I'm just going to give one example and then I'm going to let you take it. But for example, like that, uh, what was the thing about Rick and, and Jesse? Rick killed Jesse's husband. He kisses her like five days after he killed her husband in front of him. And then she dies like the her. next night. And then she dies like, yeah, yeah, the next day her Sam and Ron die. <laughs> and ba- these episodes, <laughs> like this episode that we just saw this week mm-hmm. took place a month after last week's episode I read. But I think but I think usually um, the show packs so many episodes, you know, like it can take a couple of years just to cover a very short amount of time. So anyway, yes. um, I'll stop talking. Cindy, let us know what you found out. Okay. So I was watching the marathon And it prompted me to start, while I was watching it, also do some research. And so I used a couple different websites to help me with the days. But also, while watching it, I I could see the truth in a lot of this. You know, when we watch it, in real time, and we have to wait from one week to the next, and sometimes there's a mid season hiatus. God, it feels things take forever, right? You're like, our group has been apart forever yeah. or and Maggie's you know, never showing her pregnancy. Ma- yeah. One of the biggest things is, you know, mm-hmm. people always complaining that Maggie never showed. Um, well, from the time we find out that Maggie's pregnant to the end of last season, which then mm-hmm. we know between last season and this season, there's an 18 month time jump. So forget that. But from the time we find out she's pregnant to the end of last season was 70 days. And how, <laughs> when did crazy? we find so out she, she was w- pregnant? At what so, season? It was season six, episode one. So it was so two, Carter dies, two years. Yes. Two no, years. No, three years. Because yeah. it was six, seven, and eight. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. And that was 70 days. It covered in three years of... <laughs> so that's about, two, <laughs> yep. that's about two months in a week. And I have a niece uh-huh. right now who's pregnant for the very first time. And she's super little and skinny. And we've been teasing her because she's like literally hasn't shown until like the seventh month. And <laughs> even now she has to basically pull her top up or pu- pull her top close to her body to really accentuate the bump for us to even see it. If she has clothes on... You can't even see it. So we keep joking about like my food baby is bigger than her baby. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yep. After a trip to the taqueria. I just got that from last night's dinner. Right. (laughs) Um, Another one that really blew my mind when watching the the marathon and then looking it up was Herschel dies in the mid-season finale of season four. Beth dies in the mid-season finale of season five. So that's an entire year apart for us to view it. It was an entire year apart probably for them to film it. She dies 10 days after Herschel. Whoa. 10 days. Mind-blowing. <laughs> so that's when, crazy. when you think about Maggie reaching the place where Beth was, just moments, you know, just just too late to see her alive, and she falls to the ground... She just witnessed her father die 10 days ago, and then this. Yeah, it doesn't um, seem like that to us, but... 
No. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a couple of seasons. Um, season post the prison. So two really good examples is when the prison falls and our team is split up, and then when the they they're getting the zombies, the walkers, the zeds, what have you, out of the quarry, <laughs> and the the horn starts blowing back in Alexandria, and our team splits up again. There's a lot of episodes that we watch seven days apart and are waiting for that literally cover just the same day. Mm. Oh, wow. You know, because you're seeing this group and then you see that group and then you see that group and it's what's happening to each of them on the same day. Wow. So that's insane. It, it really is. So what are like, what are some of the things that happened all in the same day? The wolves. Uh, so and some of the things I'm almost like, and some of your listeners may be writing in and going, she's totally wrong mm. about this. Um, so some of the, you know, like I said, I tried it's unclear, to just, yeah. in, just in watching it myself. And then I'm trying to do some research on the internet. I use the, the walking dead wiki and they have a lot of information on there and whether or not their information's right or wrong, you know, but a lot of it made sense as I'm watching it in a marathon setting. But one of the things that did seem a little off was that basically that horn goes off. Um, when the wolves are invading, right? Because mm-hmm. they crashed the that truck into the wall, into the church, oh, and the yeah, wall. Yeah, right. you're right. Okay. And then later, that that steeple falls into the wall and crashes through the wall, which makes the walkers invade, right? Yeah. Yeah. That seems like that should have been at least a couple days apart, right? That's when uh, they all that Carl got shot in the eye, and right. Jesse died, right. I think, right? And yes, they all that night. fought back all mm-hmm. the walkers. Yeah. Yeah. So according to some of the research I did, that may have happened in the same day. Like the horn blowing and the wolves attacking in the morning and the (laughs) steeple falling on the wall later before evening. Is that true for the comic? Does the comic do this as well? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the, it, it can. it's pretty quick. It varies, yeah. You can have a bunch of issues that if you looked back, it would yeah. be really close together, and then they'll do time jumps. I mean, I'll just go through real quickly. Like, season one is five days long. Wow. Season two is 18 days long. <laughs> season three is 21 days long, but that happens. There's a seven-month jump between season two and season three. Because Lori's pregnancy, you know, she's about to have the baby. But then season three is 21 days long. Um, And then they take like a six-month break. And season four is 11 days long. And season five is 36 days long. So we're only like two years into the apocalypse, if that. Maybe a year and a half. Mm -hmm. By the end of season eight. Which accounts for Judith not aging very much. But doesn't account for how much Carl grew. (laughs) (laughs) Growth hormone. So the time that we have Negan, which took place all of seasons seven and eight, was 30 days. So the whole conflict with Negan, which seemed to go on forever and ever, Uh was 30 days. One month. The time... That's crazy. The time from... Yeah, I said 30 days from when Negan kills Glenn and Abraham until when to Rick slits his throat under the tree is 30 days. Wow, man. They really drew that fucker out. Yeah. <laughs> and Alex- Yes, they did. Alexandria, them arriving at Alexandria was 34 days 
after the prison fell. So if you think about everything that happened after the prison fell and all of our groups were divided and lost and trying to find each other and they ultimately end up at Terminus and then Terminus happens and then after Terminus they're all back together and then they find Father Gabriel and then they're like starving on the road for a little while before Aaron finds them and then brings them to Alexandria and that was 34 days. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. That's interesting. So that, that feels was, more close to being right because going from mm-hmm. community to community. Um, but when yeah. you look at um, Carol, Rick banishes Carol and then Carol comes back. She sees the prison fall. That was it's like the next 30 day. minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was It was the next day. No and way. Then, Short banishment. That is insane. And, Carol was only gone for one day and we all felt sorry for, for her yes. after she killed Karen and David. <laughs> wham, wham, wham. <laughs> And then mm-hmm. she's reunited with Rick after Terminus. Is and they're seven all like weepy, later. like, oh, there you are. Yeah. I haven't seen you in so long. It that was, was like yesterday. Seven days after the, <laughs> the prison fell. So basically between the time the prison fell and they are all in Terminus is about six days. Maggie and Glenn reunited on day three. <laughs> wow. That's so funny. So, you know, so. yeah, when they're writing it, they're probably trying to consider the actual time pass, but also they're taking into consideration how much time has passed for us and what the appropriate emotional response would be if they right, had been apart right. longer, you know. Right. Now, some of the stuff in that whole, I think it's season, is it season six? Yeah. So season six, a little confusing because when it starts, there's zero time between the end of season five and season six. But that first episode of season six is the one where they kept going back and forth between black and white and color. So they were showing like the quarry. Yeah, the quarry. And so there was like a few days in there that was supposedly about five days between like finding the quarry and then trying to deal with it and then the horn going off. But then that whole thing with the wolves invading and, you know, Glenn ends up with um, Nicholas in that town with the dumpster and Rick is running and and <laughs> and uh, Abraham and Daryl and Sasha are somewhere else. Like all of that is happening allegedly in one day. So I'm a little skeptical of that with Glenn and Enid finally arriving back like mm-hmm. that evening and, you know, uh, Maggie was so distraught with that Glenn wasn't back yet. Well, if he was really only gone one day, the way things work in that universe, because, you know, you go out scouting or you go out scavenging yeah, or you go out, you might not be back for a couple days. You might run out of gas and have hey, to walk back just, on foot. She's just so worried. For her to have been like that <laughs> worried and then that relieved to see the balloons and like, wait a minute, that's the same day. I'm thinking maybe it wasn't the same day. Maybe it was a couple of days. They feel things <laughs> deeply. Right. If David goes out for like milk and, and doesn't come back for um, a couple hours. 30 minutes. Right. 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sobbing <laughs> when he comes home. I know. Thank Sending God. Thank God. Back. Now, I will say when Heath and, and Tara leave after they've killed the saviors at the outpost and they say that they're leaving on a two week run. When we see them again, which I think it goes from like episode 12 of season six to about episode six of season seven is when we finally see those two again. And according to the timeline, that is two weeks. Good. They nailed it right there. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) Glad it wasn't like a half an hour. Okay. Right. So it really helped to like look at that timeline in the 
the Walking Dead wiki, and I just kind of made my own Google Doc of it and then counted the days. But it was wow. it was fun. And then I had to, I was so excited I had to like share with somebody. So of course yeah. I texted Jason. So here's me and Karen and a few thousand other people. Um so Karen, have you gone back and watched the early episodes recently? I, I have in the past, but uh, but it's funny because when you're when you're saying that, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, there oh, was somebody uh, named Lori. Right, I know. I haven't actually really sent for years. Like I, I feel like I want to go back and just so I can compare the style and the quality and everything. But uh, in Atlanta, in a couple of weeks, we're doing an OG crew panel with John Bernthal, Sarah Wayne Kelly, Chandler Riggs. That's uh, gonna be great. Lori Holden. Fun. So yeah, that's gonna be pretty cool. Yep. Oh, that's mm-hmm. nice. Irony. That's Old nice. School. You should have them all tell what their favorite Herschel uh, Scott Wilson yeah. stories. Yeah. Memories. That's a great yeah. Idea. Great idea. Yeah. Okay, Cindy, thank you so much. I, when you started you texting guys. me that, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to have her come talk about this because it's really, it's really fun. And I was and like, oh, I would be glad to. <laughs> Cindy, you rock. Thank you, you guys for rock. On. You're welcome. Thank you guys. <laughs> talk to you soon. I'll see you in Atlanta. I'll see you soon. <laughs> have fun, honey. Thanks. Bye. Bye. All right, awesome. Let's get into our Deadcast Top 5. Let's do it. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, 3, 2. <laughs> That's eight RG. years later and it's still... It's a giggle still out of us. Gets a giggle. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, almost nine years. Holy shit. Anyways, it is our Deadcast Top Five this week. It's our top five highlights for season nine, episode two, The Bridge. The did Bridge. You like it? I did. Cool. I did. I gave it a solid seven point six out of ten brains. Wow, you're switching up to the ten point scale all of a sudden out of the blue, huh? Yep. Okay. That's how I roll, pal. <laughs> it's just unpredictable. I, I really liked it. I I thought it had it had a little bit of everything that I like. It had um, lots of character development, and it had um, it it the pacing is good now. Angela King seems to be moving the story along, as we've alluded to with Cindy. Um, there was some good Zed action. Yeah, I liked it. How about you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, I thought whenever I saw the um, elements that seemed like kind of SimCity where you have to figure out how to balance, you know, how to uh, rebuild, organize and maintain Uh a society. Yes. I I, I bet you Karen's going to like this. I I (laughs) love all the SimCity stuff. Yes, absolutely. All the logistics are like, okay, I'm I am. uh, I would like to sign up for all of that. I mean, they did it. Me too. You know what? I like it because. It makes it feel a little more real, and yep. and but I think it was fun how Ezekiel was teasing Henry about thinking that was boring and saying, "No," oh, comparing it to Rome and how this is, you know, society and uh, all this stuff. And I think that was a little bit of a message from the writers to us, like, "Hey, this is important stuff." But they balanced it out really well with well, f- a lot of romance, like more than we usually get on The Walking Dead. Some plus, kissing. Yeah, plus our typical conflict and yeah, zombie yep. and gore and all that stuff. So yep. it's not just that stuff, but adding it in really adds something to me, I, I think, too. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's good. Five. All right, pal. 
first, I'm going to say Rick's narration as a bookend to the episode. And I thought it was a nice storytelling device. I kind of liked it. Did you know who he is talking to? Nope, I didn't. Did you suspect? No, I okay. honestly, it, to tell you the truth, I did suspect. I suspected he was talking to the grave of Carl um, or a picture of Carl or something. I did not think he was speaking to Negan. I did. He Did you? You got, uh, you got I, that? I mean, I wasn't sure because they weren't showing. And I'm like, why won't they show it? And now I think it's like because the writers are like, we really can't show that much Negan because people hate him. So we'll only <laughs> show him a little and he'll just be in the shadows. In the shadows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some people I read uh, thought it was pretty obvious that he was speaking to Negan. Mm. But I guess I'm kind of dim because I did not guess that. No, I don't know. I mean, if you read the comic, you know that Carl is the one who goes down into Negan's cell and talks oh. to him. And that's the, one of the big reasons why when Carl died, I was bummed because these scenes in the comic are great because it's like this kid is going down there without his dad knowing and talking to Negan and you're wondering, oh shit, how is Negan going to yeah. uh, manipulate him, right? So it's not quite right. the same effect when it's Rick, but it's a different effect. Right. And it's funny too, because uh, Rick is sort of being a stand-in for Carl. He's very hopeful, like Carl always yeah. wanted to impart to Rick. So he he was it was sort of Carl speaking to him it through is. Rick. I, I almost felt great. like Rick is coming from I mean, who knows where that fit in the timeline of the episode, but things are starting to unravel and he's going in there and not talking about that at all. He's just talking about what a great success it is. Yes. And he's I I feel like it's more to rub it in Negan's face. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah, everything's great. But Negan great. senses that uh, that there's it's not as rosy as Rick thinks and it's ominous because he says uh you know you're just preparing the world for me and I like that. I like that it was just a little bit of Negan but it was yep. cuz I was tired of him too but it was ominous. Did you, were you okay when you found out it was Negan or are you like, oh God? No, I'm actually okay with that. And now it seems like the stakes are even higher with the saviors that have walked away. So apparently six saviors have left, have walked off the job and walked out of the compound. And now I'm thinking if those six saviors are working together and their whole plan is to go in and get Negan... Yeah, free Negan. They could do that. They could absolutely do that. And yeah, everybody and there may be more. Oh yeah, and everybody's guard is down. They're not expecting it. I mean, Negan was basically telegraphing the whole thing. But uh, now I'm worried, and that's good because that ups the the drama of it all. It, mm -hmm. it it's not just uh, oh they're they're out um, you know building a bridge. They are actually now out building a bridge trying to hold things together and i'm like oh shit those saviors are gonna come and it's yeah. gonna be a real problem and there's the whole thing of like the i think the central conflict right now between rick and maggie actually because michonne is trying to tell maggie well we need common laws and maggie's like okay maybe i'll accept that but i'm not going to give up my um uh, you know that i that if i think something is different than all yeah right. and and i think the main thing is whether or not Negan should live. That's where that's where the main disagreement is with her uh -huh. and Rick. And maybe people like us are like, yeah, there should be law and order and it's good that he's just locked up forever. But then we're like, oh, fuck, what if he gets out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm busted I, out. 
And you know he's going to. He, they can't keep him locked up forever. So what are you going to do? I am not happy about this. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. This you think he should just kill him? I mean, that kind of goes against who I am. But in a way, you know, it, this isn't a real universe. So in this, in this comic book universe... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. It, it, it's real the comic book is so interesting what happens with Negan and you I think you would be surprised at it. But uh I don't know if the show is going to follow that. Yeah, okay. It's really interesting though. I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you mentioned the saviors and you know, I think the first reaction to them mentioning that saviors have walked off the job and Daryl being like, that's just what they do is that, um, you know, Oh yeah, they're just walking away. They don't like doing the work. Like this one asshole guy who I didn't even bother learning his name. So I'll just call him asshole savior guy. The one uh, who pushed Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Justin. He, he, it's like, you kind of think, Oh yeah, there's a bunch of them like that that just don't want right. to do the work and leave. But then you find out that, you know, well, sanctuary sent, Ethan Alta Hilltop in exchange for food and it never got there. And it's like, well, if they are hungry, you'd think they would bring it, you know, and get the food. So that's a little weird. And then yeah. Alden says some saviors never got home and they had family there that they wouldn't just up and leave them. So yep. that's a little weird. Yep. And then we see asshole savior guy at the end get uh -huh. accosted by someone that, that he knows. Yep. Right. He recognizes. So all of those clues to me tell me that something different is going on with the saviors. Something big. Yep. Yeah. I agree. What is it? I don't know. Bears. No, I don't <laughs> yeah. Know. It's, pro it's probably bears. It has to do with bears. Zombie bears. <laughs> Hyper intelligent zombie bears. <laughs> Seems likely. So that that's what the mystery is set up. And, and uh, yeah, I don't really know. what. Well, I have some suspicion based on the comic that it might have to do with something, but it's based on the comic, so I won't say. But still, it, this is not in the comic, so I don't really know what the hell's going on. Can I say one other thing? I like that yeah. Rick says... Uh, people choose to be together. That was one of the things um, that people are coming together. They choose yeah, to be together. Not not all of them, but enough. It's human nature to come together. And I thought it was hilarious because one of the things that happens is um, undead humans come together and form a horde. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and bad things have happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I guess uh, yeah, people do want to come together. Some of humans you would rather did not get together. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> have decided to come together. <laughs> it's what people do. Oh. <laughs> okay, my number five on a completely different note. It, well, maybe it is the same note. Romance and couples. That has to do with coming together. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. What do you think of Ezekiel and Carol in this episode? So great <laughs> so incredibly great i love that she asked about the ring and he wants to get down on his knee yeah i wrote a speech I wrote i'm speech. sure you did <laughs> <laughs> and you can read it to me later it is so great yeah and then he has a big smile and it's really nice because she's just really easing into her yes but it really does seem like a yes and i think 
one area where Kari Payton excels among the many areas that he excels is having a big giant smile on his face. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that that really got me. And I, I don't know, man. I feel I want to see more of them together because I'm just not used to them as a couple, but I love it. I do too. And I also like the fact that they seem to be a family unit with Henry, which mm-hmm. is kind of great. Except that King Ezekiel was telling Henry, you should be proud of this bridge. You can tell your grandchildren how it was built. And I was like, dude, have you not watched this show? <laughs> the yeah. minute you start talking about that, you're sentencing Henry to death. Yeah, he's all, <laughs> and yet I smile. Um, (laughs) but i like that henry was like i'm not going to tell my grandchildren about a boring bridge right exactly (laughs) that's what a kid would say and then but i liked then he walks off or maybe it was a little later and carol's like did he get taller i think he's taller and ezekiel's like he'll be off to college before we know it it's so (laughs) so cute (laughs) (laughs) so then there's uh a, a very different couple i would say is yes Anne and gabriel yeah yeah i mean the thing about Anne slash jadis is one of the moments that really um was electrifying in her jadis persona is whenever she flirted with rick you know you just felt like a heat there i thought and I wonder if the writers are like, man, she's really good at flirting. So now she's like flirting hardcore with Gabriel. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. It's kind of great. They, It's so cute. They're they're talking and he's like, you know, hey, I'm, I'm not a Catholic priest, man. Episcopal. <laughs> she didn't seem to care anyway. I mean, she was already flirting before she figured that out. It's a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. Kind of the rules are out the window. <laughs> but I love it. I'm like, you go get it. It's so great. I I love that he says something like, I'm supposed to be on watch. And she's like, then watch. This. watch. <laughs> yeah, then watch. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's so cute. But it is also serious. Like, no, seriously. Like, we need right. to watch. <laughs> or else it would be like a horror movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, very happy for the, those nicer moments in the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think you and I have been a little bit, I don't know, maybe not, but like, eh, maybe Walking Dead isn't the show for romance because they're in this fight or flight mode. But I guess it makes sense now that uh, they're really focusing on going beyond being afraid of Zeds and just rebuilding a new world and civilization that they would also start exploring romance again and i like i thought it worked really well i did too i did too i want to see more of it yeah the frog mating was cute and uh then the uh, i was like well do gabriel and Anne? that seems like a weird couple do they make sense and then i thought about it and well they even talked about it in the episode they both were outsiders and they both betrayed the shit out of rick especially Anne. (laughs) but so did gabriel like when they first got to alexandria and he went to Deanna and said these guys are crazy oh yeah I forgot Remember about that? that like totally tur- after that he they helped him so much and then he he turned on them so they both have this history of being traitors but now they're um hopefully good although I did think it was interesting that Anne is trying to get out of him who this woman is that she, he had her draw 
And then she, Gabriel's like, we don't talk about your past, but mine's fair game. And she goes, you can ask me about my past. Just don't ask me to tell you my secrets. And I'm like, yeah, this is how I'm going to get you to tell me everything about you. And yet I'll somehow make it seem reasonable that you don't have, you don't get to ask about me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, "Uh, I don't know. That's pretty dim. Um, I did like though that she seemed to be, uh, and I mean, we knew she was an artist, but those portraits that are in Maggie's office, I think were were painted by Anne. Yeah. So there's uh, Glenn and Herschel and uh, I, I didn't, I think Maggie probably and maybe some other members of her family. She never met those people though. Yeah, but they have pictures. I guess. I guess Maggie burned the last picture <laughs> She burned she picture. knew that she would always be with Glenn forever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody else about, had a picture of him. We even talked about I remember talking about it when she burned that picture. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. You're, you, you know, he's now going to get smashed in the head with a bat or something, probably. <laughs> um, anyways. Right. So, uh, but just that secret thing, I think is the point of that was to show that and even though she seems to have integrated with the group somewhat, she still has some secrets that she's kept this whole time. Perhaps helicopter-related right, secrets? Right, right, right. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, number four. Okay, so uh, actually romance was my uh, number four also. So um, we covered that. Okay, my number four is is getting back to civilization and the mechanics of rebuilding and we have talk about trade. Ezekiel mentioned bullets from Alexandria, grain from Hilltop, fish from Oceanside, and we know ethanol from Sanctuary. So it's like these are the major exports of these different areas. I feel like they're really mapping the whole situation onto current day, you know, politics and just the way that that trade. society works. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also Eugene's talking about this levy expiring six to nine days based on spring runoff. So they're building in supports and all this stuff. I mean, we already talked about this. Rick has Georgie's book and apparently he's using it as a template for all this stuff. The key to the future. And there's also navigating or manipulating these herds. And again, I I feel like they're naming them like tornadoes. I think Rosita said Horatio is going to pass us by, but it'll be close. So I think. (laughs) It is like a tornado. <laughs> yeah, herd Horatio. <laughs> and then, uh, anyways, then they, they're going to, like, manipulate them with uh, sound. And and Rick talking about, uh, in that speech you mentioned, not fighting just to survive anymore. We're making a new beginning. He says to Negan, we're getting back a piece of who we used to be, how things were before all this. That reminded me of this speech that he gave to Carl when Carl was out cold after he got shot in the eye that night in Alexandria and Rick was yeah. sitting at his bedside. So I have that. I'm going to play it because it's it. just so good. Here we go. But today, I saw what they could do. What we We work together. We'll rebuild the walls. We'll expand the walls. There'll be more. There's got to be more. Everything Deanna was talking about. 
It's possible. It's all possible. I see that now. <laughs> when I was out there with them, when it was over, We had this place again. I had this feeling. It took me a while to remember what it was. Because I haven't felt it since before I woke up in that hospital bed. I want to show you the new world, Carl. I want to make it a reality for you. Please. Carl. Let me show you. That's all. That makes me sad. Yeah. Because <laughs> we didn't get to really show him. But it also reminds us that, yeah, that the seed of that really started then. And, and now we're seeing the fruits of it where it is coming to resemble the old world a little bit more. And, you know, we just talked about the romance. That's one aspect of it for sure. Yep. Yep. You When, when you have a little downtime, you can mm. uh, <laughs> thoughts turn to birds and the bees. Poetry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number three. Okay, so the zombie horde. I loved, you mentioned Horatio. I love the zombie horde, the whole sequence of events. And it's good uh, to know that there are still, uh, once again, real stakes in Zombieland. I loved that Rick unleashed the logs that rolled down and smashed them. Yeah, and when that first happened, I was like, oh, this is a little gratuitous, but then it was so cool. <laughs> it was great. And the fact that he shot the rope that held them together. So Rick being a sharpshooter, that's right. He's a cop. Yeah. Dude, if you I mean, for one and only reason to watch Fear the Walking Dead this season is have you heard of this character, John Dory? You saw him yeah. in the premiere. Episode one. Mm-hmm. He's you would love this guy. And I think that 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 could possibly make the show for you because he's this cowboy poet, cowboy, simple with heart, but he's yeah. a sharpshooter. So anyway, that's you just made me think of that. Great. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. John Dory, please come over and have a crossover with the walking dead. I would like that very much. <laughs> I bet it'll happen. I was very sad though, because Aaron ended up losing his arm and that is a tough blow to be one armed in the zombie apocalypse with a baby that's rough. And and Aaron was talking earlier about how the baby is still a baby in diapers. Oh, it's got to be hard to change a baby with one arm. So he needs help. And I was thinking, you know who could help him? Jesus could help him. Uh, I think <laughs> Jesus needs to come wait, over. Wait, wait, which Jesus? Well, either, both. Either, okay. Yeah, oh you're yeah. You're talking about. I'm talking about that pretty, pretty long-haired guy <laughs> over at Hilltop needs to get him his butt over there and um, partner up with Aaron and help raise that child. And also, Aaron was heroic in that he told them when he was trapped, he told them, leave and you know save yourselves. And yeah, and I thought they might. I was like, oh shit, this could be it for Aaron. And it was did, not. Did you think that? 
No, I didn't. Because it's Aaron. I, uh, dude, Glenn, <laughs> Herschel. Uh, yeah, why but is Aaron any different from because those they, guys? They haven't telegraphed his death. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. There you go. He had no soliloquy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I love being alive. I have something to live for now. You know that that's a mark. Yeah. I just thought, I guess I was kind of thinking the show is a little different now. And so who knows what to expect. And maybe this is it, you know, but anyway, well, he may still not live. I mean, um, I think he will. I think we got, yeah, we got faked out. Well, now we have Dr. Enid. So, Speaking yeah. about logistics and training for the future, they were very, very smart by having her trained to be a doctor with Sadiq. She even wrote her own little medical manual, which is great. And apparently there's a chapter on what to do with somebody with a crushed arm because she flipped right to the chapter and it was like, oh, cut it off. Arm's got to go. Lean in, girl. It's so good. So I, uh, she's, you know, she managed to keep it together. Probably, though, she is a spy, and this is all just a really long <laughs> it's game. It's all part of the plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she she's the one who um, disabled the solar panels so yes. that the audio horn wouldn't work and Asshole Savior Guy couldn't divert the herd. Yes. She's that, yeah, caused super Aaron long to con. Lose his arm. Well done, I, Enid. I think, yeah, this whole thing has been about Aaron's arm. <laughs> No, it's cool that, yeah, they um, have been an interesting, uh, they've had a friendship, you know, they've had several scenes together and they're great, I think. And now she's the one who needs to amputate his arm. I thought it was a little ridiculous that she was like, oh, we need to amputate as if she's, I don't know. She seemed a little certain about that for an intern. It was in the chapter. Who's been it on was... the job for like two days. <laughs> okay. Book. It was in the book. Okay. But uh, anyway, I still liked it. And I, I uh, actually paired them together for a panel and uh now it's gonna make even more sense so that's cool. really Enid and Sadiq? That, yeah. oh sweet no Enid Sadiq and Aaron I think are all in the what? panel what oh yeah. that's perfect I had already done that before too it's like a psychic premonition but yeah. uh man that is the most gruesome arm injury I may have ever seen anywhere yeah, it was gross it just got smashed I mean it looked pretty impressive for special effects wise those special effects guys keep it coming. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Sadiq had to leave because there's a bug going around in Alexandria. So Rick sent him off. Go get sick, Sadiq. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rick said to Aaron at one point, I'm so sorry this happened to you, which he has said a couple of times early on in the show to Bicycle Girl. Remember oh, her? Yeah. And then to somebody else, I forget who, but then we had him say it when he was on our podcast he, he said, you're listening to the Walking Dead cast. I'm so sorry this happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then Andrew Lincoln laughed after he, he had him say that. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Dang, so you should have that. Um, you should uh, find that clip. I know. Uh, I'll play it again sometime. Anything else about that? Nope. Okay. Where are we? Number three, Ma- uh, Maggie. So I thought it was really cool to watch Maggie wrestle with all these problems she's having as a leader and Lauren Cohan continues to just knock it out of the park as someone who um, I wouldn't have thought could easily step into that role but now I completely believe it yep and 
and uh, I even just forgetting about like the craft of acting or building a show or whatever, but just getting into like, what if I was in this world? Um, I, I think I would have been shocked that Maggie killed Gregory without consulting anyone, but now she's trying to temper her, uh, harsher instincts. Yep. And she sees that Earl, well, I think it helped, it actually kind of helped Earl that he's an alcoholic because her dad was. That's exactly right. Maybe That's isn't exactly so fair. Right. <laughs> what if he was a coke addict? Would that be different? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, so she lets, she ends up actually, even though she didn't get the ethanol, she still uh, agrees to send all the food to sanctuary, which seems to be the reasonable thing because they don't yet know what happened. So she'll live up to her end and, and try to figure out what happened. And she also lets Earl out, but he'll be supervised and, and he'll work to pay his debt, which, um, I thought was, was pretty cool. I mean, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have blamed her for not doing that. Right. But the fact was, yeah, he did 100%, 100%. Absolutely. But I love that. I was worried they were going to turn her into some sort of one dimensional kind of cartoon character, but they did not. They gave her some remarkable depth and I was so happy about that. I don't cry easily on this show, but I got I got teary eyed when she was talking to Earl about, you know, or sorry, talking to Michonne about Herschel. And, you know, it was nice. It, it, and and also when Jesus said that, you know, good people disagree. Yeah. The, the whole the whole arc of this show with Maggie, I was like that is great. There's some good writing, good writing, uh, great acting, and I like where they're taking that story. I think that's great. Um, it's also interesting that she referred to Georgie. She talked to Georgie about Georgie. Yeah, and Georgie keeps trying to convince her, I guess, to go live with her or something. And be- it made me think, is that where they're going to go with mm. Lauren Cohen's character? Maybe that's where yeah. Maggie goes. Well, here's what I think. This is total speculation, not um, okay. informed by anything. Maybe... Um, Right now, it feels like things have calmed down. Maggie agrees there can be a common law, even though she doesn't want to give up her sovereignty, which I feel like maybe they could have a thing that's similar to federal and state law, where each community can have their own unique laws, but then <laughs> yeah. there'll be like a federal, you know, the really yeah. important things that everyone has to agree on. But anyways, that uh, the conflict between her and Rick will return and maybe she'll accidentally end up killing him and then go off in shame. Yeah. I don't know, though. That would be important. No. But how is she going to leave in a way that makes and, us feel good? And, and freaking out. No, no, no. She's leaving. This is my, I'll, I'll bet you a okay. beer over it. Uh, she's leaving with Georgie, uh, and Georgie is somehow going to convince her that uh, going with her to as to be an apostle of the key to the future. It's all about that. Plus, Georgie has a great record collection by now. Well, I'm <laughs> saying, I mean, I'm. I think if she did leave in shame, that 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 would be a place for her to go because no. I'm like, where could she go that would make sense? I just don't think that it's going to be happy rainbows when she leaves. I think happy it's going to be something like rainbows, not not comfortable, which is what we've seen in like 173 episodes of the show right now. Actually, I don't know how many episodes are, but maybe it'll be happy rainbows. Happy freaking rainbows. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> can't wait to have that beer. <laughs> uh, so, but I liked that. Yeah, they're also having like heard Michonne or continuing their conversation about these common laws and what that could mean. And she's actually starting to maybe come around to it. And yeah, yeah Jesus is helping. And I, it, Jesus, Jesus is like, like I would be like, yeah, I totally believe in Maggie, but not everyone's always yep. right all the time. And good people can disagree. Yeah. And so, it, I mean, when I was a kid, I think I just probably hated rules and thought they were dumb, right? Like most kids. And then as you get older and you have to actually manage things, yeah. you realize it, it's good for groups yeah. to have like a common purpose or common ideals or to agree on on things as best they can. And since you can't because everyone's an individual, then the best you can do is to come up with general guidelines and vote and have the majority rule and then always have uh, something in place for that to change over time and just keep it democratic. And that and it seems like that's what they're moving towards. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay, what's your number two? Maggie's arc on the show. <laughs> and the only yeah. thing I want to add to that is that it was sweet to see her playing with baby Herschel. Yeah, always. Nice. Uh, my number two was the saviors. We've talked some about like what's going on with these missing saviors. There's mm-hmm. also just the... It's hard to figure out... Well, right now the saviors don't really have... It's about trust with them and 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 their perspective. I mean, Rick said that he disarmed them, and understandable. And also, uh, Alden compared Rick to Negan. Oh, they work for you and you protect them. Who does that sound like to you? Uh huh. So you could see the saviors maybe starting to get resentful. But on the other hand, and they're they're not doing so well at home. Their crops are failing and everything. Um. But on the other hand, what Rick is trying to do is actually for their good. He wants to rebuild this bridge. Yep. And so I feel like he needs to do a better job of enrolling them in this. Like, hey, look, <laughs> we see your suffering. Let's yeah. all form a plan to relieve this for all of our good. You you come and help in this for all of our good. And then if you don't like this plan, tell me another plan. And if you can't do that either, then okay, good luck to you. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like not just tell them, Hey, here's what we're going to do, but get them involved in it so that they're know that they're all working for the common good. And then the ones that are just assholes and that's why they ended up with the saviors, like that guy that the asshole savior guy in this episode. I mean, they're not all like that. Alden was one. He's not like that. Nope. So the ones that are like that, they're going to have to weed them out somehow. But um, and even when I see uh, this one other woman who was just so nasty last season and uh, she's the one who saw Dwight and went and told on him uh, after she saw him mow down a bunch of saviors. I don't know her name. Every time I see her, I just hate her. And I'm like, God, I wouldn't trust her. And then there's this other savior girl who was with Rosita and she mentioned something about, do you trust me? And after you slice me in the face? No. So yes. there's always those issues. <laughs> yeah. You have to find out which ones, like there was another theme this episode, who is redeemable. Right. Earl, who is not Gregory. <laughs> you got to figure out how to right. find that out. Right. It's not, right. not easy to do. And even like Michonne and um, Maggie were talking about that. Like, who decides that? And Maggie's like, well, that's what we're going to have to figure out. And then Michonne nodded. Yeah. So that was a nice yeah. moment. Yeah. And, and 
mm-hmm. you know, people don't always get it right, but you, you know, it's, you probably have to try. Yeah. And even the right after that scene of them talking about how to figure out who's redeemable was the scene where Rick kicks asshole savior guy out. And I like that because Rick is really trying as hard as he can to integrate uh-huh. and do what's good for everybody. But right. he has a line which is good because you got to have a line. And I don't know if he was saying go back to sanctuary or go die in the zombie apocalypse, but either way it it was like, you better get the fuck out of here or I'm going to kill you. And it seems like he's kind of dead now. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. You could really tell what happened to him. You can't. It was dark. You can't. And I guess he says, Christ, you damn near got yourself killed. What the hell are you? And then... (laughs) Yep. <laughs> I mean, the only reason, one reason why I wonder if he's dead or not is if he knew the guy, then that means that right. maybe the saviors are all alive and something. Yes. I don't know. And The Walking Dead has a history of th- uh, uh, fake outs like that. And you think that somebody's dead, but actually they've got a Hollywood knockout and now they're traveling down the road and or they're, they're somewhere under else. A dumpster or something. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Okay, number one. All right. For me, it's uh, mysteries. And we've already talked about one of the mysteries, which is uh, Justin and what happens at the end and what's going on with the ethanol and that whole mystery. Mm -hmm. Is Justin asshole savior guy? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But uh, I call him mean savior. You call him asshole savior. You know, potato, potato. Uh, Another mystery (laughs) is... When Anne slash Jadis is on watch, she spots something in the sky, which I took to be an airplane, but which uh, the internet seems pretty convinced is a helicopter. I bet. Yeah, I'm sure it must be because that helicopter keeps coming back. I call it a helicopter, but it's a helicopter. (laughs) And she looked like she knew or it was concerning to her. She had a look passed on her face. And I'm thinking, oh, crud, is that is that bad? Is that the same one that was spotted before? Um, what does that mean? I'm so interested and I'm looking forward to finding out. I think it's Shane. <laughs> <laughs> the zombie Shane is now a <laughs> helicopter pilot. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, I hope it's good because... It's been going on for a while. Yeah. We saw that helicopter in Garbageville. I can't yes. remember what the situation was. Was she trying to get a ride or something? No, I mean, it was the, far, it was, yes. And it was way far away and it mm. was taking off and leaving. And uh-huh. was it related to her? Who knows? We're going to find out. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. She, there's some connection there. It's Any other great, mysteries? Though. No, those were the big ones. Okay. My number one was Aaron, which we talked all about. So do you have any notes? I do. I do have a note. One of my notes is from the Department of Please, Karen, please, please stop criticizing the show for the things that don't make logical <laughs> sense. But I'm uh, going to go ahead and say it. P-K-P-K-S. Exactly. When the second alarm doesn't go off, why don't and and they and um, they're they notify Rick. Why doesn't he just alert the crew by walkie-talkie? Like get out. Yeah. Hey, there's a zombie horde headed towards you. 
Also, maybe don't give the job that several people's lives depend on to a total douchebag. <laughs> yes. And just have him be the sole person responsible for that. Yeah. That'd be exactly. A good idea. Exactly. That'd be nice. Thanks. <laughs> uh uh, in the uh, Department of Romance, uh, I forgot to mention that we found out that Jerry has a girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very... Just kind of s- stick that in there. Don't make too much of a thing out of it. I yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was adorable. And she, we've seen her before. And I can't remember what her name is, but I'm glad that they found each other. So, yay. Well, in next week, we may see Jerry come out of some other woman's tent. You never know. <laughs> That's how they roll in the zombie apocalypse. New one each week. <laughs> I I also I uh another note is that I loved when uh Rick was confronting mean guy Justin or asshole savior Justin or whatever yeah. he is. Uh and he says to him, I know guys like you. I was a cop. Yeah. You know, basically. I love that. I love when former sheriff uh Rick Grimes when he emerges, it's so fun. Yeah, I, and I it made total that. sense. I'm glad they remembered he was a sheriff. And he was talking about, yeah, guys just getting themselves into trouble and then not taking any responsibility for it. Like I know guys like that for sure too. So yep. I do too. And I also love that Henry tripped him with his stick. (laughs) Yes. A nice little, a nice little Morgan callback. He was a total douche. And just to Mm -hmm. like bully a kid like that, you need to get shown the floor. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. He was so mean. Yeah. Like, yep. You totally deserve that. Yeah, that was good. But uh, it's a good thing there were some guys like Daryl there to step up once he turned around because I don't think Henry would have done too well, maybe. Or either that, he would have stabbed him through the head. Yeah. (laughs) Henry's got a history. Yeah, that's true. He's got a staff and he's not afraid to use it. (laughs) He's seen Morgan in action, so that's his role model. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? Any notes? Uh, yeah, a couple. First one is just a question. Do you agree with Aaron that Daryl would make a great dad? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm. Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. Kid, too. brush teeth. Yeah, he'd be great. I'd love. Yes. <laughs> brush your teeth. He, he'd be, he'd be uh, I think, a very good dad. Get your damn pajamas on and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. He does have, uh, he is sort of emotionally boxed in. So I don't know. Maybe not. What do I know? I mean, nah, he, he, he would, he would, he would, I think he would. I think it would be good for him too. He doesn't seem to open up to a lot of people. Yeah. It would be good for him. And I wonder if that was some kind of a sign that there's something coming up. Who knows? (laughs) That'd be nice. Um, what else? So Rick told Negan he's going to die behind those bars, which I'm not sure we knew definitively it was the plan to leave him in there forever. Maybe we forever. did, but ever. Do you, th- you don't think that's going to happen though, do you? No, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is Negan's going to get out and probably sooner rather than later. What I think should happen is what I mentioned before, and this is um, mm-hmm. uh, in real life, uh, give people a chance, blah, blah, blah. In the comic book world, uh, Bloodlust Karen comes out and, uh, you know, his Get head on a, on a spike. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, we're kind of examining whether Maggie was right to kill Gregory and also even to, you know, how long her, 
Earl should be behind bars, but you can make that same examination with Rick. I mean, he's decided that Negan's going to be in jail forever. It seems like just as much of a dictator move. I don't think he really consulted with anybody on that. Maybe he, he did, but we didn't see it. We didn't see it. It seemed mm-hmm. it seemed to be Rick's decision and his alone. Yeah. Then last, uh, when Rosita blew up some dynamite to divert the zombies, it it seemed like, and then we see them turning. It yeah. seemed like one of them said that way. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a new development. <laughs> They're getting smart. all right that is very good let's take a little break there is more to come stay with us exciting and come aboard we're expecting you Hey, it's almost Halloween, and you know what that means. Time to start thinking about Christmas. Woo! And Hanukkah. (laughs) Wow. Kwanzaa. (laughs) I didn't know that's where you were going with that. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I like to subvert expectations. Um, so in that vein, the sponsor this week is is Fracture. And Fracture is your pictures printed on glass, ready to display right out of the box. They even include a wall hanger. And I know it's like crazy. What are you talking about? Christmas already? Shut up. But what would be cool? I mean, Fracture prints make the best gifts. They show that you're being thoughtful. They're unique. People don't expect them. They're beautiful. You could send off for a few of them right now, have that taken care of, not have to worry about it anymore. And you will have a winner of a gift for somebody. In fact, while I was writing the copy for the ad today, Uh I was thinking, uh, yeah, I gave fractures a couple of years ago to my mom, my aunt and my grandma. And they all had Nico in them. And since then, I've had another child. He's one and a half. And they don't have any fractures of him. So what? I'm getting some more gifts. <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't really give more fractures last year. But now I can. Now you can. Yeah. Woo! So, and whenever I go over there to any of their houses, my aunt and my grandma live together and, and my mom's um in her own house and they they always have them displayed prominently. Oh, that's, that's really sweet. Nice. You have some good pictures by the way of uh that little Bodie and yeah. oh my goodness. He's got a big kid. bright smile and oh. he's so much trouble but it's great that he's cute otherwise <laughs> I might have like, you know, given him up for adoption by now. <laughs> Did you ever give one? think i ever have this is the year for it fractureme.com slash dead and so if you if that resonates with any of you i highly recommend getting one or if you have someone you want to give a gift to so if you do then you can go to fractureme.com slash dead you'll get a special discount if it's your first fracture order and then don't forget to pick walking dead cast in their one question survey after checkout that helps support us and yeah, get if you want to figure out another way to support us where you get something great out of it too, this is this is a good way. So again, that's fractureme.com slash dead. Thanks, Fracture. Thanks, Fracture. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. 
The people he kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. Okay, so Angela Kang was interviewed by Entertainment Weekly. Here's one I thought was interesting. They said, I'm not usually the type of guy to get squeamish at gore, but what you all did to Aaron and his arm was pretty damn nasty. Enid, <laughs> Enid has to amputate the sucker. Why do this to the poor guy? While also, I might add, creating all these headaches for your visual effects team. She says, yeah, the visual effects team has done an amazing job with that arm. When we first saw the shots come back, we all squirmed. And I'm not squeamish either. <laughs> and we were all like, oh, that's kind of awful. But it's like the horror aspect aside, we really thought we had to show an incident where there were real extreme consequences, that nothing comes for free, and that's true life. People who built the great monuments of the world, and even just the people who are maintaining the roads and bridges, just those quiet heroes of life that are making sure that we can get from place to place, there's a high rate of accidents, and there are people who lose their lives, and there are people who it's get true. badly injured. And we thought that it would be interesting to tell the story of somebody who didn't start off with something that was a physical disability, but that gains one and really has to learn to re-navigate the world and do very well at it. That's the hopeful thing that we'll see in the future for Aaron, but it's until he dies. Uh, she didn't say that, but it's something that also <laughs> sparks a lot of anger for Daryl. We've shown that that has been a good friend with Aaron. And Aaron has really helped him find his place in Alexandria. And so there's just a lot of consequences that roll out from there and are part of the mystery of the first few episodes that ensue. You know, that is a very sweet friendship. The yeah. friendship between the two of them. Always nice. have liked them together. Yeah. Yeah. Because Daryl is so kind of closed off and, and Aaron's kind of the opposite. So <gasps> maybe that's the next romance. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so interesting. Really? Oh, would. I would love that. <laughs> yes, please, Angel King. Please, please, please. <laughs> uh, here's one more from her. They say, "I know people on this show always dreading to get that call from a showrunner saying, hey, your time is up.'" What happens when someone loses a limb? Do they get a call? Do they see it in the script? What's the <laughs> protocol? <laughs> she says, I believe I gave him a heads up because usually with that, they have to get fitted with stuff by Greg Nicotero's group. So you have to give him a heads up and go, hey, so when you get a call from Candy to put this thing on, this prosthetic fitting, here's what's happening. Not to mention, I mean, it, he's going to be like dealing with it for the rest of his career on The Walking Dead. So it'd be nice to talk to him about it beforehand. Yeah, uh, arms don't grow back. <laughs> and she continues, and Ross Marquand is great and just really rolls with it and was excited about it because it opens up some different things to play. I think I found that all our actors, they're not squeamish about getting scars or injuries or things like that. They don't care about looking pretty on screen. They want these characters to have depth and have interesting stories. So that's been wonderful. That's nice. I bet they're not. It's kind of cool to get like... You know, a fake scar or whatever. That's kind of great. If you were on the show, would you be okay with some kind of mutilation like that? Or oh, yes. Yeah. The, the one bad thing is I think you have to, uh, as I've heard, is anyone who has um, big prosthetics, you have to spend a lot more time um, in makeup. And that, yeah. that can you can lose some sleep that way. And that that, that becomes kind of a, an, an additional burden. Right. But um, no, I think it's badass. I like real scars too. I actually like people's imperfections. I'm one of those weirdos. 
Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I have a few. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> bloodydisgusting.com reports, in addition to new episodes of The Walking Dead and multiple marathons of your favorite horror franchises, this year's AMC Fear Fest, October 14th to 31st, will be home to a brand new original series titled Eli Roth's History of Horror. It's a seven, yeah. seven you know about it? It's a seven yeah, I do. episode deep dive into the world of horror features interviews with some of the genre's top creators and it premieres Sunday, October 14th at midnight. Each episode will cover a different subgenre of horror ranging from supernatural entities to slasher maniacs. And the lineup is Sunday, October 14th zombies, the 21st Ooh. slashers part one. And then the 22nd, which is a Monday slashers part two, then November 4th, ghost stories, November 18th Yay. vampires. Woo! Vampires always. It's just gross. Sucking yes. blood. I don't like it. <laughs> really? Really? That's where you're drawing a line. <laughs> it's weird. You know how just certain things get to certain people? For me, wow. that one. I mean, I, I, I think True Blood helped a lot. Like, I didn't even want to see anything having to do with vampires before True Blood, but you, you got me to watch it and it was great. But yeah. whenever they still bit or sucked each other's blood or whatever, I'm like, God, it's gross. They kind of leaned into that part of it in True Blood. I mean, even the humans, there were humans that that really enjoyed drinking (laughs) vampire blood because they would get high. (laughs) I kind of like that. Uh, Yeah. So uh, there's A-list storytellers who are part of this. Stephen King, Quentin Tarantino, Jordan Peele, a whole bunch of Robert England. So it looks like it'll be pretty good if you're a horror fan. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch. Anybody, by the way, who watches The Walking Dead on AMC has seen a lot of promos for it, or at least on The Talking Dead last night, it was plugged. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Last thing. This is, we're ending on a bit of a downer. So Deadline.com reports that ratings for Sunday's episode of The Walking Dead, I think that was last week, the premiere, tumbled 47% in total viewers and 50% in the 1849 demo compared to last year's premiere. Returning the show to viewership levels last seen in 2011, 6.8 million viewers, 6.08. Well, what season were they in 2011? Two. Ah, season two. okay. Well, that's okay, Angela King. Uh, it's a hill you have to climb now. Yeah. But you can do it. I mean, here's what I think. I think Angela King is doing awesome and mm-hmm. I'm stoked and I also think that nine years is a long time for any show and yep. especially a show where zombies are like the constant threat that doesn't change mm-hmm. ever. Yep. Uh, she's got, even if, even if the numbers don't go up, I don't think that's anything against Angela King. I think it's just like every show has Yes. Should have a beginning, middle, and end. <laughs> so, Angela Kang, wrap it up. Yeah. Bring it in strong. Yeah. I think bring that would be a, a way to bring up the viewership is announce yeah. that next season is the final season. Yes. Yes. Then you'd get people coming back to see how it ended. Yeah. Uh, I think also, too, that the what this is called the Live Plus 3 and Live Plus 5 ratings, which means they try to figure out how many people watched it later you know, like T-voted or watched uh-huh. it on streaming services. I think those will be higher this year. I think those get greater and greater all the time because more and more people get used to watching things later. Uh, yes. But I couldn't find any reports on those yet. 
Yeah, I I completely agree. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it for the news. Let's move on to listener moans, groans, and grunts. Uh- <laughs> All right. This first one comes from Jillian Moreau, who writes, what a great episode and a continuation of an awesome beginning for the season. I'm absolutely loving the direction of the writing and storytelling of all of our characters so far. Please keep it up, Kang and team. The portraits of the Green family and Glenn brought tears to my eyes. And then the revelation that Anne wanted Gabe in a big way totally caught me off guard. But I love it. I love all the hookups. It's about time. Happiness like that is much needed in this world. I also love the fact that we're seeing many characters throughout the episode. I know it's still early in the season, but so far The Walking Dead is at its best in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree, Jillian. So far, a super strong start. Yeah, great. Great note. Karen, she says, what a great episode for Maggie. She's finally echoing her comic counterpart in her appearance and personality. She's finally falling into that leadership role. While previous seasons relied on contrivances, I love that she changed her mind about Earl because of Herschel Sr.'s alcoholic past. My heart burst Mm. to see Anne's paintings of Maggie's family. That, and I couldn't handle Maggie playing with baby Herschel. Heart. (laughs) That Walker set piece was awesome and tense. I guess Aaron will now fully resemble comic book Rick. He totally does. That uh, after the time jump in the comic... He, Rick has shorter hair and a full beard like Aaron, and he um, he's always been missing his hand. So wow, the governor that's crazy. chops his hand off. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Are they trying to say something about Aaron's future on the show? Who knows? <clears throat> anyway, she goes on. He already has that bushy beard. Yay, The Walking Dead is watchable again. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Jeff Allen writes, another great episode that had me riveted throughout. Fantastic gore effects with Aaron and the Log Walkers. Top five this week. Number four, the signpost. No hilltop, but there is HQ. And Toledo, is that a MASH reference? Yeah, I think that is actually a MASH reference. I think that's what they said in the Talking Dead last night. That's cute. I like it. And number number one, the concept of justice in a post-apocalyptic world. I'm sure you guys will touch on this as well. Yes, we did. So Jeff edited his own top five this week. I did not do that. <laughs> oh, you did that? That's awesome. <laughs> Jeff, that is so Thanks, great. <laughs> number four and number one. That's awesome. Jason, Well done, sir. Jason Robertson says, Father Gabriel and Anne was the biggest shock of the night, and now his watch begins if you catch my drift. yes exactly cue the cheesy 70s music fran bernstein writes so this is a little out of left field but after maggie was talking about georgie and then it showed rick taking the book that georgie gave to maggie and looking at it and throwing it on the table gave me the vibe of the twilight zone episode to serve man if no one remembers it's when aliens came to earth and the people on earth were starving and had nothing to eat They gave them a book, they grew food, and then they got them on a plane to bring them to their planet. In the end, they were running up to the plane telling them not to get on because the book was a cookbook. (laughs) That's also a a really great Simpsons Halloween special episode. The aliens get the Simpsons family and uh, they have a cookbook, how to cook for humans, and then they blow the space dust off and it's how to cook for 40 humans no how to how to cook humans and then it's how to cook for humans and then it's how to cook for 
Four Four humans. (laughs) Yeah. It's hilarious. More space dust. Anyway. Yeah. I remember that. Um, Yeah. So she's saying that Georgie is nefarious. Yeah. I don't think so. I think Georgie's the real deal. But maybe you're right, Fran. I'll owe you a Coke. (laughs) I think she's the real deal, too. But the jury's out as of yet. Boris Gradina said, sad to see what used to be an awesome show going down the drain so fast. Frowny face with a tear. Boris, I think, was the only one who really, uh, at least that I included, that just w- didn't like it. So uh, there's yeah, always a mixed opinion. But this week, it seems to be mostly positive. But of course, not everyone. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Boris. Pig Allen writes, "It. I know it's delirious, but I'm loving this season so much already. The tone and the style is amazing. Love this episode for a few reasons. First, I guess everybody is hooking up, and that's okay. <laughs> we need love in the apocalypse. The subtle foundations being set for the next big bad are great. Will Aaron take over the Rickroll once Mother Goose sets off to the sunset? <laughs> love that Anne painted portraits of all of Maggie's family for her office. Getting bummed thinking about Rick's end getting closer every week, but they are doing a great job at keeping the rest of the cast important and interesting enough to possibly continue to carry this thing a little while. It's funny that, yeah, the whole Tara Rick thing with the code names, which Rick seems to think are totally unnecessary and they probably are, but it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. I wonder what his actual, what his code name was before it was changed to Mother Goose. Big Daddy. Oh, it was Big Daddy. No, I'm just That's kidding. hilarious. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. That's great. I love Mother Goose. I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Tara is interesting. Like, she's one that I'm actually kind of surprised has made it this long, but I'm glad she has. Yeah. Because she's really different and fun and funny and kind of has a snarky attitude and it's fun to watch. Your sassy little sister. Yeah. Heather J. Millsap says, never thought frog mating calls would be an effective pickup line, but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Wall writes, if they're so damn hot and thirsty on the bridge, maybe they should take off one of those 10,000 layers they're wearing. Just a thought. I thought that too. Like, why are you, where, what are you people doing? They're afraid a zombie's going to fall out of a tree and bite them. That's probably it. It's protection. Terrence Daniel says, hey, Deadcast family, I have one question. When will Daryl have a love life? It's long overdue. First, we thought that would have been Carol, but she's more like a big sister to him. Then we thought that would have been Beth, and we see how far that got. (laughs) Dead. I mean, everyone else has had one. It's due. Might help with some of the anger issues. Well, we're thinking Aaron. Aaron. And Jesus. Triangle. They'd be. Yeah. (laughs) Aaron. It would be so cute. (laughs) Oh, no, Jerry's a one woman guy. We'll see. Mofevo says, was Aaron discussing being a father with Daryl on the bridge? Is that his role at Oceanside? Reproducing? Asking if this was a uh, first clue. Uh, I don't know if that says anything about his role at Oceanside, but I did wonder if it was pointing to... Daryl starting to consider that or I mean just even yeah bringing that up seems like it wasn't just an offhanded thing that it might open something up on the show is that his role at Oceanside is he going to Oceanside is that what we're hearing I don't remember that I know he left Sanctuary okay all right and now I'm imagining him in this in this uh in Oceanside and uh, dang. <laughs> Being like a stud or something. 
I'll somehow be related to Daryl. No, that's probably a bad idea, too. Yeah, I think so. That's fan fiction territory there. (laughs) Brenda Tackett says, I thought tonight's episode was better than last week's. Also, I'm thinking slash hoping that the mysterious helicopter will be the reason Rick leaves. Maybe. Just a thought. So I think she's saying the helicopter will, like, fall on Rick and crush him. (laughs) (laughs) Really? You think that's what it is? No, she's hoping that the helicopter will peacefully whisk him off to some fantastic new future. What about Judith? Well, hopefully Judith will be with him. And and Michonne. And Michonne and um, Eugene. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Brenda. Uh, Now we have some emails. This one comes from Eric Sherman who writes, Jason, Karen, long time no see. So glad to hear the two of you. um, The two of you analyze The Walking Dead again. One episode in and I'm so pleased with the show. The new opening with the slight time jump is nice. Also, the way the first episode was a big homage to Romero's Day of the Dead was a nice touch. Yeah. I'm in a good place in my life to resume watching the show on a weekly basis, too. Back in Chicago. Things out west didn't work out last year. It uh, It's still the place I'll retire to and spend as much time visiting until I buy a place there. But until that happens, the American Midwest is such a wonderfully bleak horrorscape <laughs> geographically and politically where watching The Walking Dead just feels right. That sounds dramatic. <laughs> I guess it is. There's plenty to enjoy out here, especially in such a culturally stacked metropolis like Chicago. But the climate is perfect for zombie media. Looking forward to shambling through the world of the undead with y'all on a weekly basis again. Oh, that's nice, Eric. I don't know if you remember, but Eric was one who had decided to stop watching week by week and just like binge it at the end. But now he's gone back to he shambled yeah. back in our life. <laughs> And he's in Chicago. I love Chicago. I, I'm I'm secretly and maybe not so secretly in love with Chicago, just I am like I am with Detroit. So yay for the Midwest. Yeah. Good to hear from you, bud. All right. A couple of calls. Here's one from Steve Brown. Hey, Walkie Deadcast. It's Steve and just had a quick thought. Uh wanted to get it in before you guys record today, uh, as I'm rewatching the bridge. And that scene at the beginning with Eugene focusing on someone who was missing fingers. Uh, I, I noticed that the first time and the second time I watched it, they really spent a lot of time focusing on that person with the hand and, and missing fingers. So I'm wondering who that was and if we've seen that before or not, or if you think that's going to come into play later. Love seeing all the the hope. Uh, the bad thing is, is that knowing this show, whenever we see hope, we know that that's going to get <laughs> the rug pulled out from under us at some point. And Loved uh, Henry taking down the savior on the bridge and then uh, at the end getting the confirmation that there there is something bigger going on, that it's not just saviors walking off and leaving. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, hopefully we'll find out sooner rather than later. Thanks, and uh, haven't heard anybody give a zombie sound in a while, so here's mine. Uh, <laughs> talk to you next week. <laughs> nice. Hungover zombie. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, missing fingers. Steve. I didn't notice that. Yeah, me neither. We missed. The wow, missing are fingers. we? We are so unobservant. I think he just made that up to mess with us. You think that's true, Steve? <laughs> you. 
<laughs> we're just really unobservant. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'll have to go back and watch that again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, you're probably right about the hope thing, although there is a slight chance that Angela Kang will mix things up and not pull the rug out from under so much. I mean, there's always going to be death and conflict on the show, but maybe it won't, won't be so like feeling like we got punched in the gut. Who knows? Yeah, you know? I I feel like the the gut punch sensation will uh, remain a theme. That's and, my and yet you still think that Maggie's going to go off in a helicopter to a nice place. Yes, yeah, I do. <laughs> no, she's going to go yeah. off and and listen to records with uh, with Georgie. She's got a great record collection. All right, and then final call from Anwen from New Zealand. Yay. Oh my God, you guys, I loved this episode so much. This was the best episode, I think, of either show in such a long time. I loved it. It was a perfect mixture of quiet moments. I really liked the character development and it was mixed up with some really cool action. And I thought it was bookended really well with Rick describing the day to Negan. It had a beginning, a middle and an end and it was really satisfying. I love that the walkers are a threat again. Um, the Ewok solution with the logs rolling was brilliant. You could see it coming, Ewok. but I just loved it. I'm really glad that Rick didn't hit the rope on his first shot. It was less cheesy than it could have been. And the tension of Aaron getting wounded and then amputated, it was just amazing. Uh, I thought Ina did such a great job. It was so cool to watch. The pace of this season is really, really great. And I love that we got just enough of Eugene to realize that we missed him, but not to be annoying. <laughs> Boost our juice and shared the lead. That was a classic, classic <laughs> Eugene line. I loved the paintings on the wall. I could make out uh, Herschel and Beth and Carl. I'm not quite sure who the others were. I loved that they mentioned Georgie. I had wondered what had happened to her. I loved Gabriel and Anne together. That was so cute. I didn't see that one coming, but they had really cool chemistry as well. Fantastic episode. Uh, the only last thing that I have to say is, why did it take this long for Jesus to put his hair up in that man bun? Hello, <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Praise mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cool. With Eugene, uh, there were a bunch of good lines. And um, usually what I do lately is I'll watch the episode normally like a fan and try not to take too many notes because I just want to take it in. And then I watch it again at 1.5 speed. And then, I, but I pause and take notes just to kind of try to uh-huh. save time and get ready yeah. on time. But uh, with Eugene's lines, you got to slow it back down or, or you'll miss them. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He crams a lot of words yeah. in per second. You know, you know, it's funny uh, regarding Aaron's man bun. Jesus. Uh, sorry, Jesus's man bun. Uh, when he was fighting, uh, he brought that up on the Talking Dead and uh, everybody was like, yeah, that was a, it sounded like a really good idea. Um, so uh, when uh, David and I, David was watching football yesterday and I heard him say something and he's like, he's like, Karen, get in here. I uh, came and he's like, check this out. And he had, he showed me a play where a football player was running and um, uh, he was tackled because the guy had grabbed his hair and pulled down he had really long hair and grabbed his hair and pulled and pulled him down by the hair and david's like i think that's the first time i've ever seen a tackle by somebody's <laughs> hair and and like it's a really bad idea to have long hair when you're playing football because you could pull it down it's totally legal no and then, that's legal no oh yeah no it's totally legal you can pull them you can pull them down by the hair wow and that totally and shocks thought, me 
Yeah. And then I thought, you know what? In the zombie apocalypse, it probably is not a great idea to have. Oh, shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a good look. And he does that in the comics too, so it was nice to see it realized Cute. on the show. His flowing locks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show, episode three twenty nine. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. As we did last week, I wanted to remind all of our U.S. listeners, we're coming down to the wire here. Please get out and vote, especially those of you who never vote and just never thought about it. Uh, Everyone else, you're already voting, so awesome for you. But if you've never voted (laughs) and you wanted to be inspired to do something by me and Karen, this is it. (laughs) This is it. It, It's your your civic superpower. Yeah. yeah, Be inspired by all the democracy going on on The Walking Dead right now. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. So if, if you if you have no clue what to do, just go to vote.org and that's just kind of a nuts and bolts site that explains what you can do depending on where you are. You may already be too late. Go check it out. Go check it out. And thank you for doing that. Thank you so much. If you want to call us, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. I want to keep reminding you guys, people keep being surprised that we're we're still doing Game of Thrones content. So yes, Kristen's doing her Game of Thrones podcast. Sometimes I'm on it. Other Podcastica host, David was on it. It's called House Podcastica and you can find it at podcastica.com or housepodcastica.com it so is check that out great go subscribe it is fantastic even if you don't watch the show listen to the podcast it's hilarious you'll love it so last week you left us with a huge cliffhanger about whether you were going to be on jury duty for two months I, it's still a cliffhanger because jury selection starts on wednesday okay so we will find that out in the meantime <laughs> next week we have walking dead season nine episode three warning signs which we've seen many warning signs already i guess there will be more next week and we have our special guests i posted today on our uh, facebook group in patreon that you are not going to believe who this is it's going to be aaron from bald move Woo! slash watching dead <laughs> Which I am totally stoked about. Aaron and I actually had a podcast together. It was uh, covering the show Legion, which is mind-blowingly good. But this is great because um, they really did something special with their Watching Dead podcast. I'm sure a lot of you have heard it. And they decided to stop watching, walking, or stop doing it after season eight because they just weren't into the show anymore. But Aaron is still watching, and I just thought it would be really fun to see what the chemistry is like with Aaron coming on and doing the podcast with me. I told him I want full bald move effect. Don't pull any punches. So that's what you guys are in for next week. You're going to have fun. Yeah. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't get bit, Allison Thompson Fike.